Hello, and welcome to Rafi's Roundup. I'm, of course, your host, Rafi, and this is the podcast where I talk about whatever it is I want to talk about of the day. Uh, and lately, that's been WandaVision. <laughs> uh, so today we're going to get into episode 5. I'm a little tired. Um, obviously, I, I record these kind of early. Um, I think I mentioned this last episode... But I got my old job back driving for uh, a delivery company. Uh, started work on Monday. I'll be going back tomorrow, which is going to be Thursday. Um, schedule's a little bit weird, but it should be like a set schedule in uh, about a week or so. And it's good. I'm, I'm like drained because of all the physical like activity. Because, you know, I've been either unemployed or driving shotgun for like the past month. Um... So I haven't really been doing a lot of physical activity, but now, but it's good. It's a good tired. You know, I feel satisfied and I'm, I'm happy to be doing my old job again. You know, it's a sense of security, which is, which is nice. Um, but because of all that work stuff, I didn't want to, like I wanted to talk about WandaVision, but yesterday I could not get off the floor, <laughs> um, unless I'd use the bathroom or get something to eat. Um, I didn't have any motivation. Um, what's good is that when I get my set schedule, I will be working Fridays, but I still have some time in the morning. We don't ship out until like 9.45. Um, this Friday I don't work at all, so I might record it early just to, uh, have it done when the new episode comes out. (sighs) But, um, between the episodes coming out and me recording these, I try to, like, watch YouTube videos on the episodes, not because I need the breakdown necessarily, but to keep the episode fresh on my mind. This is the first week where I actually, like, took notes on the most recent episode. Um, it's probably because, you know, episode five, so, like, episode, uh, excuse me, I have something on my mouth. Episode three gave us a little bit of, oh, shit, like, other stuff is happening, what's the deal here? Episode 4 is like, okay, here's what's going on on the outside of all this WandaVision stuff. And then episode episode 5 is like, hey, more of that. We're doing both the sitcom stuff and live action stuff. Um, so it couldn't possibly escalate anymore. Um, but then episode 5 comes along, and it does escalate more. And uh, it's really awesome. Um, this, this show really knows how to just keep building up from where it starts. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, I don't have any other talking subjects. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of sad that this is turning into the WandaVision show, but then again, it's a good show, and I enjoy watching it and talking about it. Um, plus, like, nothing. <laughs> nothing is happening right now in the, the world of comic books and superheroes, so... I guess I don't feel too bad just talking about this, but yeah, as of today, right now it is, uh, it's Wednesday and, uh, episode six comes out Friday. That's how days work, but let, let's talk about this. So I'm going to go through this kind of like through my notes and kind of just let the episode play from my notes, if that makes sense. Um, so when we get to episode five, it's the 1980s. Uh, we're kind of doing not so much Full House. There's a little bit of Full House in this, 
But I think it's mostly, what's that show? Growing, Growing Pains, Family Ties, one of those. It's mostly those. And, uh, you know, 80s means big frizzy hair. <laughs> it means, uh, it means that Paul Bentley gets to look like, uh, what's his name? Leonardo DiCaprio from the Titanic movie. Um, he gets to look like Leon Kennedy from Resident Evil 4. All that good stuff. But we're in the 1980s. I mean, the episode opens, uh, Wanda and Vision, of course, have their two, uh, twins, their two babies, Tommy and, uh, Billy. And, uh, yeah, again, I'm just, I'm just going through this with my notes here. Um, the kids won't stop crying, and Wanda just wants them to sleep. And so when Vision leaves the room, Wanda tries to use her powers to put the kids to sleep, but it doesn't work. And she says out loud, like, why can't I control you? And later on, uh, Agnes will actually say something about, like, kids and not being able to control them. Which I think is interesting. Um, this is sort of the first sign, at least, that there are some aspects of this reality, this sitcom world, that Wanda can't control. And it's possible there might be even more aspects that are out of her control. Um, so that she can't put the kids to sleep. Um, let's see. Agnes shows up because they need her too. Um, and of course, this is where like Vision starts getting suspicious. How is it Agnes knows wants to? And like it's it's nice because it's like it would be kind of annoying. I mean, not annoying. I probably wouldn't complain if Vision didn't notice that Agnes did this because like when you watch an actual sitcom, you always wonder how do the neighbors know when to come over, like when the door is unlocked or when someone is either not in an inconvenient position or is in an inconvenient position and needs help. Like, like that's just a TV thing, right? But I really appreciate that Vision is starting to get so suspicious because, like, obviously, episode three, I think, like, he has that conversation with his neighbors and it's kind of weird. So, obviously, by this point, he would be even more suspicious of Wanda and, like, what's going on in, in their reality. And I appreciate that, because it's it, it's very Truman Show-esque, and I love the Truman Show. But, like, for Agnes to walk in, and Vision is just like, right, of course. Why why wouldn't... Why wouldn't <laughs> a neighbor show... Like, that's weird. Isn't this weird? I feel like it's weird. And it's nice, too, because it's like we learn in this episode that Vision might not have a memory before coming to Westview, but he still remembers how human behavior works... So it's striking him as odd how how everyone's portraying themselves. It like despite him not having a memory, he I guess because he he lives with Wanda. But then again, Wanda's acting all sitcommy too. I don't know. I like that Vision's becoming more aware, and like despite not having a memory, he knows that the way people talk to each other and the way characters just kind of show up isn't normal. Um, so yeah, Agnes shows up, and what's interesting is that, like, there's a bit where Vision's trying to keep Agnes from picking up the kids, because she really wants to babysit those kids. She, want, she wants them kids. Um, she really wants to pick up the kids, and Vision, like, cuts her off, and she just stops, and she's like, should I do that take again? And she's acting like she's an actor in a TV show, and Wanda is like surprised and weirded out and then she just starts laughing and everything returns to normal it's really creepy because like 
Uh, what is it? When Agnes asks if, if Wanda wants to do the take again, the babies stop crying. And, like, everyone's, like, quiet. And then when Wanda starts laughing like it's a big joke, the kids go back to crying. It's like the whole show literally stops when Agnes isn't in character. Um, which only, and, and that's the thing too, right? Like, we know from episode three, Agnes and, uh, what is it? The African-American neighbor, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. It's like Bill, Dale, something like that. It's a short name. Um, Russ, I don't know. But, like, we, we know from that episode that, like, these side, these supporting characters have private conversations when Wanda and Vision aren't around. So, but we also learn in this episode, like, when you wake up one of these people, um, Norm from The Office, not The Office, the show, I mean, there's an office scene later. <laughs> but, like, when, when Vision wakes up Norm later on, he's, like, terrified and afraid, he, he doesn't know what's happening. But it seems like Agnes is the only person who can break character and not suffer any penalty from it. Like, with Norm, it had, it, like, Vision had to wake him up. It's not like it, it happened by accident. Um, with that lady, Dottie, from, like, episode two, when she started breaking character and it got, like, disturbing or whatever, uh, she shattered a glass in her hand and cut her hand open. And then even in episode one, when it kind of seemed like Vision's boss was starting to break character. Um, what is it? He started choking on his food. Um, so it seems like when people break character, bad things just naturally happen. But it, does, it doesn't happen to Agnes, though. Nothing bad happens to her. Um, except for being in this weird reality, if it is not her fault. Um, now that I say that, like we haven't seen the boss... I don't think, because we've been to the office, like, for the second time in episode five, and we don't see the boss, we don't see the boss's wife, I don't think they mention or show Dottie again, um, like, I'm just trying to think of all the instances where reality starts to break and characters kind of disappear, we don't know what happened to the, the beekeeper guy, um, I guess Norm is next, right, I guess, like, we might not see Norm after this episode, because it just seems like every time reality breaks or or a character does something they're not supposed to do, they kind of vanish. Um, obviously, it's only been a episode since uh, we saw Vision's neighbor like chainsawing through the brick wall, but I'm wondering if he's going to disappear too. Like, if every character who is even a little bit on to what's happening in reality. Like, any character who breaks character just kind of disappears. Because the only person that hap hasn't really happened to is Agnes. So I guess we'll have to keep an eye out to see if, um, if, uh, was it Vision's co-worker and Vision's neighbor show up in later episodes. I don't know. I think that would be, like, I don't know if anyone's brought that up. Because, like, the boss and the, the boss's wife show up in episode one, Dottie's in episode two, and you never see them again. Granted, a lot of other stuff has been happening, and the ID cards, like, they, the last time we, they mentioned, like, when they're doing the, when S.W.O.R.D. is doing the profiles on the wall, and they have, like, the IDs of all the characters, and who they actually are in real life, um, but that's, like, the only other time you see some of those characters, which I think is interesting. Um, so yeah, Vision is suspicious of Agnes, Agnes is, like, out of character, 
and again, she's the only person who's out of character, but, like, is aware of it. Like, when other people get out of character, it's usually to, like, ask Wanda, like, what, like, where did you two come from? What's going on? You know, I don't trust you. It's usually, like, vague. It's usually not as open as Agnes saying, hey, do me do that take again. And again, it's not like, it's not like a Geraldine situation either. Like, I feel like if Agnes brought up fucking Ultron or Quicksilver, it's not like Scarlet Witch would throw her out of town. She only did that to Geraldine. Um, you know, Monica Rambeau. So, that just makes me more suspicious. Like, the show not only treats Agnes breaking character differently, but Scar but uh, Wanda treats Agnes breaking character differently than any other character as well. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I wonder if that bit will be cut when, uh, when Jimmy Woo and, uh, what's her name? Dr. Darcy, uh, watch that back. So, yeah, Agatha wants to hang out with the kids. Um, and, like, again, Vision's just kind of suspicious. <laughs> and, like, uh, what is it? They, they, they look in the cribs and the, and the kids are gone. And Agnes is gone. I'm just like, what, she already fucking run off with the kids? Um, no, the kids are now standing, because they've aged themselves up to, like, five years old. Um, interesting that they can do that. It's also, like... Because, uh, like, there's the question of, okay, did they do that to themselves? Because later, it kind of looks like they do, and Wanda sort of suspects that they can age themselves up. But what you'll notice, because everyone noticed is that every time Wanda's kids age up, Agnes is in the room or nearby. And Agnes isn't surprised, which is also, like, really weird. Because in this episode, Wanda makes it less, like... She doesn't hide the fact that she has powers from Agnes in this episode. And the fact that the kids grow and Agnes doesn't question it is, again, kind of suspicious, because, like, it's a weird thing that, like... Because, like, the premise of the show, in most of the other episodes, is that Wanda and Vision are super-powered people living in a town and just trying to blend in, so they hide their powers. But that's becoming less of a plot, because the kids are aging up, and because Wanda's using her powers more openly. Um, and, like... Vision's kind of in the same shoes that some of us are, because we're watching and we're like, wait, I thought I thought they were trying to keep their powers a secret. Why are the kids aging up in front of Agnes? And, you know, is Agnes just the one person who's supposed to know? Because Vision's standing there and he's like, wait, I thought the plot of this... Not literally he's saying the plot of this, but he's standing there. He's like, I thought we are supposed to be keeping our powers secret. Um, so already the status quo is sort of in jeopardy. And instead of just ignoring it outright, the show, in the form of Vision, is acknowledging, yeah, we're, we're, we're getting rid of that plot line of them having to keep their powers secret or whatever. Um, you know, it, it's normal. See, it's normal because Agnes isn't freaking out. Isn't that normal? And it's like, it doesn't seem normal when you, when you, when you make it that way. Um, but yeah, I also wrote, like, you know, the children are aging up and stuff. I'm wondering if... They're real, like, uh, I don't know. Because, again, throughout this episode, Wanda doesn't control them. She doesn't know how to control them. And they seem to have their own abilities or powers. 
but again, it might just be Agnes who's part of this. Um, when we cut back to reality, oops, there goes gravity. We're back at the sword base, and what's his name? Director Hayward, you know, the totally evil government guy. <laughs> Um, he's basically giving you, like, a breakdown on Wanda, like, oh, she's from Sokovia, she and her brother helped Ultron fight the Avengers, um, and he basically labels Wanda as, like, a terrorist, and he shows footage that, and this is pretty important, he shows footage that Wanda broke into the sword base and stole the Vision's body shortly after the events of Avengers Endgame, um, and apparently, like, Wanda bringing his corpse back to life somehow is in violation of the Vision's will. Um, and that's a question, too, because in this episode, the, the question of can Wanda bring people back from the death, or back from the dead, is that a thing? Can she do that? Um, and we obviously saw in, like, episode three or four that the Vision... It's either that... Wanda lost control and saw Vision as a corpse, or that Vision this whole time is a corpse, and Wanda's disguising him as alive Vision. Um, I think... Oh, jeez. I don't... Uh, hmm. It's tough, because the corpse version of Vision obviously doesn't have the Mind Stone, which, give, which gives Vision like everything he is. Um, in Avengers Infinity War, Black Panther's sister, Shuri, makes, it kind of looks like she makes a copy of the Vision's Mind Stone. Like, throughout that movie, she's in the lab, like, experimenting on Vision, and making some sort of, like, download copy of his brain? So I'm wondering if maybe, whatever this download copy is, Wanda has it, and just used it to recreate the vision like this. Um, but part of me thinks it's not that convenient. Part of me thinks it's way deeper than that. I think, and th this is like, I don't know how you'd explain this, because I'm going to have trouble explaining it. My theory is that the vision, it, like, actually is a corpse. Like we saw him in that one scene of episode four. And I think that Wanda in the process of making this reality and brainwashing people, um, I think she tried to recreate Vision from her memories of him and then applied that personality to the dead body. It's kind of like... like I don't know how to explain it. It's like if, she, if, if this was a magic situation, it would be like if she like brought someone back from the dead by putting fairy dust on a puppet, and the puppet turned into the person that died, I guess. Um, but that's my thought. And my thought, too, is, like, well, if if Wanda re recreated the Vision through her memory and her powers and the Vision's corpse, because, again, after she throws Monica out, she, like, loses her composure and looks back at Vision, he's a corpse, she has to, like, look away from him and, like, breathe and look back and that he's normal again, um, which makes me think that she's somewhat in control of him, at least, like, physically, like, at least how he looks, um, but, like, either she or whoever the hell else is helping her do this, when they created the Vision's mind, it, it was so genuine 
this vision copy would do exactly what the actual vision would do in that situation. Like, if you took the vision from Avengers Age of Ultron and Captain America Civil War, and you took his memory away, this is how he would behave? Because Wanda also gives him these false memories of, like, later on, he's like, I don't remember anything before we got to Westview. And he didn't have a problem with that before. And Wanda even says to him, like, you've never talked to me like this before. And, like, yeah, that's how the conversation goes. Like, it, it's later, it's an argument, we'll get into it then, but, like, what is it? Wanda's like, you've never talked to me like this before, Vision. And Vision is like, I don't remember anything, like, before what? I don't remember anything before Westview. Um, and before that wasn't a problem. But again, as the show is going on, Vision's learning. And that... That makes a lot of sense because that's kind of Vision and Ultron's whole thing is that they're artificial intelligence. All they do is learn and adapt to the situation. So, like, it's within Vision's nature to, like, study things and learn from them. So as the show goes on and, like, we get color and we get more, like, up-to-date with the modern world, Vision isn't only becoming more like his original self but he's also becoming more aware of everything around him. Like, that's why he's he's suspicious of Agnes now, and it's why he's questioning why there's no kids in, in Westview at all. Like, I don't know, again, it comes down to, like, if Wanda had actually brought back Vision through her powers, or if it was someone else, but in recreating the Vision, whoever did it, like, did it too well. Like, this copy of Vision is so genuine it's not going to work, because he's not going to... When Vision realizes, oh, I'm supposed to be dead, he's not going to want to be alive anymore. <laughs> but, holy crap, we're still pretty early in the episode. Um, so ba back to the, the Director Hayward thing. I really am loathing every scene that he's in. Like, that's probably my biggest gripe with the show, because it's like, oh, you're telling me that the director of this government program, this, like silver-haired old man who this silver silver-haired old man who's in charge of this government program you're telling me that he's labeling a good character as a villain and he's trying to shoot her with missiles behind everyone's back you're telling me this this government silver-haired guy is actually evil like I'm just uh I'm so sick of that man I want this to fucking with, I want this to fucking end with him being like right <laughs> or at the very least him apologizing and getting away with everything like I, I'm just so sick of this that that trope like like at this point you can't trust anyone in one of these shows that's from like a government program clearly who's like in charge and it doesn't help that he's being a dick like Part of me hopes, because this show is very smart, part of me hopes that that's not what they're doing. That, like, it's a subversion thing, and it turns out Hayward is smart, or maybe he's a Skrull or something. That could be kind of cool. If it turns out this whole time Hayward is a Skrull who's working for Nick Fury, and maybe he isn't an asshole. I don't know. I'm just so sick of that trope. And that's not to say, like, yeah, the government is evil, you're right, but, like, <laughs> I'm sick of fucking seeing it. Every goddamn movie either from Marvel or from something else. Like, the government guy is always the evil one. Um, 
But yeah, he labels Wanda a terrorist. Uh, Jimmy Woo kind of sticks up for her a little bit. Um, they mention that she doesn't have an alias because, yeah, no one in the MCU has called her the Scarlet Witch yet. I'm guessing that name's going to come up when um, when they do the costume episode. Because we've seen in trailers there's like an episode where it's Halloween and you see Wanda dressed as the Scarlet Witch from the comics. So I'm, I'm betting that name's going to come up there. But, uh, yeah, Wanda stole the Vision's body. So clearly, like, I don't think she came up with this idea herself. I think someone gave her this idea to make this sitcom reality. And so the first thing she did was take the body. Now, the other thing is, this is presented as her taking the body, like, for selfish reasons. Which, yeah, it is pretty selfish. But there's also the possibility that either she knew or she suspected that S.W.O.R.D. was going to misuse the Vision. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy Woo or Darcy or Monica found, like, S.W.O.R.D. files of trying to recreate the Vision as, like, a, a weapon. Um, that could be interesting. <laughs> that could be an interesting twist. But, uh, I also find it funny that Vision has a will. I guess when they wrote up the Sokovia Accords, they included, they included the Vision as well, because he is, like, a sentient being. Um... It's just, it's, I don't know. But it's also pretty responsible of him. I, I imagine all, like, when you become Avenger, you're sort of expected to write a will. Um, dark. Let's see, the kids get a dog. They find, like, a dog outside named Sparky. Or, sorry, it's not even named. They find this dog, and the kids are like, do we, we want to keep it? And, of course, like... Vision and, and, and uh, Wanda are standing there, and they're like, well, there's nowhere to keep a dog. And then Agnes walks in with a fucking doghouse. And again, Vision's very suspicious of that. Um, he has this doghouse, and, like, the dog doesn't have a collar, which seems to surprise Wanda. And at this point, it's like, is it surprising you, Wanda, or are you controlling the dog thing, too? Like, how much of this are you controlling? Because you're, you're controlling at least part of it. Um... But, like, they find this dog, and Wanda makes a collar out of nothing and puts it on the dog. And, of course, like, Agnes doesn't say anything. They sort of edit it so it looks like she wasn't looking, like she was looking at something else. Um, and Vision is like, D dude, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. We were trying to keep it a secret. And Wanda's like, oh, I don't want to keep it a secret anymore. I want my powers to be out. Like, she, I'm... She wants to change the plot so that everyone... Like, it's an inconvenience. It's kind of like another TV thing. Like, how inconvenient is it that these characters can do these amazing things, but they can't do it when people are looking? How how inconvenient? Let's, let's change that plot line. Like, it seems like the show is doing that a lot anyway, at least with the powers. But, uh, she makes a caller. And they're, I think they're going to name the dog, like, Spot or Spike or something. Um, but it, like... I forget what it does. I think it, like, licks a, like, a outlet or something, and a spark flies out. So they named the dog Sparky. And that's, this episode has a couple references, but to uh, Tom King's Vision, which is, like, a 12-issue miniseries, um, which obviously served as a lot of inspiration for this show, but the dog in the Vision book is a robot dog named Sparky. So that's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Vision goes to work... Oh, oh, that's the other thing. So the, the kids want this dog, and Wanda and Vision are like, no, you're not old enough. And so they just look at each other, and they age up. 
they become they go from five to ten years old. And Agnes, again, she doesn't freak out. She makes a joke about like the dog growing too or whatever. And now the kids are ten. And like they made it seem like they did it intentionally. But again you have to wonder, did Agnes age them? And my question too is like the kid because oh man, because Agnes wasn't well, she was there, but not. So I'm thinking back to when the kids were born. Monica was helping Wanda, and Agnes wasn't in that scene at all. I don't think you ever. I don't think you actually saw. No, maybe you might have. I can't remember um, if Agnes showed up in that in like the was episode three at all before the outside scene. But at the very least. By the time the kids were around, we know Agnes was outside the house when the kids were born. So, like, I'm wondering if the kids are not just, like, not just that Agnes can, like, affect the kids, but if the kids are a part of Agnes. Like, her being nearby is enough to make them exist um, and do what they do. It's interesting. But, uh, what is it? I keep losing my place. So, yeah, the kids age up and they keep the dog. Fission's upset and he goes to work. Um, I don't remember if that's when the commercial happens. I didn't write down the commercial bit, but the commercial for this episode is like a paper towel commercial for Lagos. Like, they're called Lagos Paper Towels, and Lagos is the city in Africa, I believe where Wanda, <laughs> where uh, Crossbones in Captain, Captain America Civil War, Crossbones was going to blow himself up, and Wanda lifted, lifted him up and blew up a building. And that, that kind of spurred on Civil War as an event. Um, so there's your reference of the episode. <laughs> but Vision's at work. It's the second time we see his work building. Um, but he's there. He's with Norm. And, like, they have internet now. And so they're trying to open this email. And... The email is like a sword file. Um, what? <laughs> he finds this sword email at work, and I'm wondering if maybe he'll copy it or something or look back at it, but he finds it and he reads it. And then he looks at Norm, and he like puts his hands on Norm's head. I don't know how he knows how to do this. We know he can phase through people, but I don't know how he can undo brainwash or whatever. But he, he essentially wakes up Norm, his co-worker. And his co-worker is like, I gotta find my phone. I gotta call my sister. I don't know where I am. Like, please, you gotta help me. Like, you have to make her stop. Like, it hurts. It, like, it hurts in my head. She's in there. And, like, obviously Vision kind of interprets this to mean Wanda. But, like, this is a classic show, like, showrunner thing. Like, a classic dire director thing. Like, if Wanda was controlling the people, why wouldn't Norm say her name? Or, you know, it could just be a thing of where you say her name and it makes her aware, but, like, I don't know. Because he says, like, she's in control, which it could mean Wanda, but it could also mean um, Agnes. So, that's a bit questionable. And <laughs> fucking poor Norm, like, Vision puts him back into the brainwashing. And he's like... Well, better open that email, huh, chum? Or whatever. Makes another stupid joke. Um, so that was disturbing and weird. And I'm wondering if after this we're going to see Norm again. Or if he's going to disappear like everyone else did. Um, we actually cut back to the house and the kids are like training Sparky how to do tricks. Um, 
and what is it? Wanda talks about, oh, right, because the kids are like, hey, where's dad? Like, why isn't dad here? And she's like, oh, he's at work. And there's this really weird dialogue exchange. I don't think anyone online has talked about this. But the kids are like, why is dad at work? It's Saturday. And, and uh, what is it? Wanda is like, no, it's it's Monday. Like, like, she's saying it's a day of the week where he'd be at work. And the kids are like, no, it's a weekend day. Like, like... And I think the, the the misdirect is supposed to be that Wanda knows it's a weekend. And, okay, because there's like three different things here, right? This discussion about what day it is and Vision being at work, right? The reality is Vision's upset with Wanda, so Wanda warped the show so that Vision needed to go to work, right? She either changed the day... Or she changed whatever scene was supposed to happen. Like maybe the, the the episode was supposed to go differently, and the vision was supposed to be home. But but because he was getting suspicious of Agnes, Wanda rewrote the episode, or someone else rewrote the episode. You know, in the sitcom reality, to send Vision to work to to distract him, right? That's that's probably what's actually going on. But Wanda is trying to misdirect the kids and make them think, oh no, it's a week. It's a weekday, so it's normal for him to be at work, so that the whole conversation can end there. But the kids are like, uh-uh, it's a weekend. Like, they're aware of what the plot was originally supposed to be, or at the very least, they're trying to change it back so that Wanda has to sort of admit that she's lying. But then Wanda makes up the thing of like, oh, me and, and your dad, we had a, a disagreement. Uh, he was needed at work, and so we just needed to be apart for a little bit. Um... Those excuses, like work needed him, and and we we're just having an argument right now. Like it's like the kids are calling out the inconsistency in the show, and Wanda's making an excuse that doesn't openly have her admit. Oh yeah, well I just made the show, I twisted the show so that he had to go to work. Like that's what makes me more suspicious of the kids because I'm wondering if the kids exist to get Wanda to admit the truth, and we'll see more of that later. But the kids then talk to Wanda, and Wanda admits, like, they, oh yeah, they ask her if she has a brother, or at least a sibling or whatever. Oh, a twin? Yeah, a twin. Um, and this is interesting, right, because this, this is the second time we heard about the twin thing. Um, in episode three, Monica says to Wanda, like, your brother's name was Pietro, he was killed by Ultron, that got Monica in big trouble, right? So... When asked about her brother in this episode, Wanda goes, I do have a brother. He lives far away, and that makes me sad sometimes. But you'll notice she said, I do have a brother. Not, I did, or, you know, I used to have a brother. She says it in the present tense, uh, as if Pietro's still alive. Which kind of explains something later that we'll get into. Um, but I think that scene's important. Uh, we go back to the real reality, where Monica, um, Jimmy Woo, and Darcy are talking about Wanda and the reality that she created. Um, they mention the fight with Thanos and how Wanda almost beat him, and they also mention that Captain Marvel got close, and then Monica gets pissed off because, you know, assuming there's some sort of history there, I guess they had a falling out. Because she gets, she gets really pissed off. She's like, we're not talking about Captain Marvel. We're talking about Wanda. 
Like, she really doesn't want to talk about Captain Marvel. Um, but they're talking about this, and they, and they go and they find um, the clothes that Monica came out with um, from the bubble, or whatever, from Westview, the 70s clothes. And when they shoot the clothes, the clothes are bulletproof, and what they discover is that anything that goes into Wanda's sitcom bubble is, like, reconstructed into something else that fits it. So, when Monica went into the bubble, originally she was wearing Kevlar. So, when she came out of the bubble with the 70s clothes, the 70s clothes were created from the Kevlar clothing, which is why they're bulletproof. Um, very smart. I like that plot a lot. I, I like it. It's weird. It's such a minor thing. In fiction, I like the idea of matter reconstruction. I think that's a really neat idea. Like, the thing that you can turn one thing into anything else, but at the end of the day, it'll still have properties similar to what it was before. I think that's really cool. Um, so they end up finding a sword drone from the 1980s, which would fit the time frame, because it won't change, cause, because it's from the 80s, it would fit in Wanda's sitcom reality, um, which I imagine is going to make things easier going forward, because next she'll be in the 90s, then the early 2000s, and then assumingly like the 2010s, so, you know, being able to send things in will become easier and easier as technology advances in the show, um, so what is it? Sword sends in a drone from the 1980s, and Wanda and the kids go outside and they see the drone, and ugh, this is probably my favorite shot of the episode. You see on the drone's camera Wanda looking at it, and like in the show, in the sitcom version of the show, the camera angle doesn't show the drone. It just shows um, the two kids and Wanda standing on the lawn looking up at something. But we know, because we're seeing the actual reality of what's happening, um, that this drone's flying in. But from the drone's camera, which is just, like, I think blue. Like, it's got a blue camera. Everything's blue in the shot. Um, you guys having fun? Sorry, they're, they're plowing outside. Um, the camera view of, like, the drone having its camera on Wanda. It shows Wanda's face. And her eyes turn, like hot red, and then t and her head tilts a little bit, which is obviously her using her powers, but, like, the fact that her powers are so strong and eminent that, like, even, the, like, because the camera, the, the, what's, I don't know if I'm, I'm using the right, the right word, the display is all blue. It's like when you use, um, uh, night vision goggles and everything's green, the drone's vision is blue, but somehow her red eyes are breaking through that color imbalance. Um, it's a really cool shot, and it's really scary looking, too. It's very scary looking. Um, is that like when... Uh, oh, yeah. And then Hayward is like, all right, shoot the missile, take the shot, kill her, kill the missile right now, do it, shoot her. I, that's right. Behind everyone's back, I put a missile inside the 80s drone, and now we're going to shoot Wanda in the face. You know, this, like, super-powered individual who nearly crushed Thanos into a soda can. We're going to shoot her with a missile and solve all the problems with war. You know? Like, obviously. <laughs> God damn it, I hate... It's not even that I hate Hayward, because you're supposed to hate him. But I'm so mad that they're doing this trope again with this character that, I, like, I don't hate him. I hate the fact that they're doing this. <laughs> that they're doing this plot. And the thing is, too, is, like, it's not even, like a character I can get behind, because Hayward's a new character. I can't even sit here and be like, they're ruining this character. No, I'm sitting here like, I'm so sick of them doing this with this character archetype. 
Um, so they try to shoot her. It doesn't work. The drone's camera goes out, and they're like, fuck, what, what happened? And then, like, interestingly, when they look at the TV screen, they look at the sitcom, it, it goes, it does the, um, technical difficulties screen. Like, it does, like, the multicolored bars and, the, like, we'll be back in a moment kind of thing. Like, like, the connection breaks, and it seems like everything pauses. And, like, the, what's interesting, too, we don't know what's happening. Like, did Wanda just pause the whole Westview, like, phenomenon? Like, did, did everything just stop in the sitcom? Like, did everything cease to exist, too? Because the next shot we get is Sword coming outside, um, outside of Westview, like, the bubble, and Wanda walks outside the bubble dragging the drone, and she's not... She's not wearing her clothing from the episode. She's wearing her costume from Endgame. And she's dragging the drone. She throws it. And, you know, she's telling them, hey, I think this is yours. Basically, stop bothering me. And Monica is trying to turn the situation and be like, like, Wanda, we're just trying to help you. Like, let us help you. This isn't right. And, uh... (laughs) Wanda is basically, like, ignoring Monica and being like, listen, Hayward, uh, fuck off. You can't have him, like, you can't have Vision back. I'm not letting you take him. I'm just trying to protect my family. This is my family and this is my home. And if you leave now, I won't hurt any of you, basically. And then Wanda uses her powers to make all the soldiers with guns point their guns at Hayward. And then she walks off. And part of me, honestly, because of how much I hate what they're doing with Hayward, I was really hoping that those soldiers would actually shoot and kill Hayward, or that Wanda was going to kill him, so that Monica could just be in charge of S.W.O.R.D., or something, you know? Anything other than what... But no, he's still alive, and now he gets even more reason to hate Wanda and believe that she is a terrorist, basically. Um, so, and that's a, it's a big deal. Right, because we know that that Wanda, Wanda's like oh, kind of aware. It's weird because she comes out and she's like, "This is my town. This is my home. Whatever. This is my family. Stay out. Like, let me play dolls with all these people. Okay, this is mine now. You can't have it." Um, and then she leaves. So, and like from that scene, you're supposed to a hate Hayward more, but also understand that Wanda is conscious and and choosing to do this, but we don't know how much of this is still in Wanda's control. But she comes out, and then it looks like she locks the barrier down. Like, she wraps it in a red energy. I'm wondering if maybe now they can't enter the way they could before or send anything in. Like, she basically locks the door to this uh, Westview reality. But, you know, that doesn't mean things can't come up from the inside, Whoa! Transitional phase. Um, so the dog fucking dies. <laughs> like, when we get back into the sitcom, um, what is this? Sparky ran off, and Wanda and the kids are looking for the dog. And this is interesting, right? They get to Agnes, who's standing outside of, like, her azalea bush, and she has the dog wrapped up in, like, a, a, a blanket or a towel or something. And she said, oh, the, I'm so sorry, the dog ate from my azalea bush, and it died. Um, so, a couple things. First of all, this is kind of another comic book reference. In the comics, the character of Agatha Harkness, which everyone thinks Agnes is Agatha Harkness, 
in the comics, Agatha Harkness comes from Wendigo Mountain. I think that's what it's called. Um, or Mount Wendigo, Mount Wendigai, Wendigon. Ugh, what is it called? Maybe it is called Mount Wendigo. I know Wendigo is like its own thing, but whatever. Um, but she comes from this mountain, and on this mountain there's a bush, like a plant, like a Wendigo plant or something. Um, but it's this bush, and it's this flower. And in the comics, the idea is that if you eat a petal from the flower, you will die. <laughs> but if you eat the flower after it's already been digested, uh, you'll see the future. And, and they do this a couple times in the comics. They did it in that vision book I mentioned. But the idea is that if you feed a leaf from the Wendigo plant to like a dog or a cat or something else, and it eats it and then that animal dies, you basically rip that animal open and then take the leaf out and then eat it again. And it's disgusting and gross and, gr and, and grotesque and gruesome. All the G words. But it works, and you end up seeing the future. I don't think... <laughs> I don't think that's actually what's happening here. I don't think there is a Wendigo Mountain bush in this show. But I think it's just a nice reference that, like... Because in the comics, the dog dies from eating a leaf from the Wendigo bush, like the flower. So I, I just think it's an interesting... It's like a nice, nice reference to this is how it happens in the comics. And the the bush is associated to Agnes or Agatha anyway, so... I just think it's a nice, like, we connected the dots and made a cool reference. But again, it's like, the dog, like, when the dog dies, it's near Agnes. So, like, did she kill the dog? Did she orchestrate reality so the dog would die? Or is it actually unrelated? Because, it, because at that point, the kids are like, oh no, our dog's dead. Um... This is so sad, and, like, the kids, they're, like, sad that the dog died, and Wanda's first instinct is, is to tell them, don't age up from this. Because, again, she still thinks the kids are in control of them age of themselves aging, which either is true or, or Agnes is doing it. But she tells them not to age up, because death is something that, like, you have to deal with. And it's, it's kind of like, because this episode is called, on a very special episode... And I'm guessing it's because from, the, like, the 80s onward, sitcoms would occasionally do these special episodes that dealt with real-life topics and got a little bit more serious. So this is Wanda using, you know, or not using, but being in this sitcom trying to explain death to her kids. And, again, she didn't tell them earlier that Quicksilver died. She just told them that she had a brother who is far away. Um, but, like... Like, she's telling them not to age up and to just, like, live in this moment and accept it. And then the kids are like, but you can fix anything, Mom. Fix dead. And Agatha is behind her. Sorry, Agnes is behind her. And she's like, can you do that? And that's all she said. Like, it's so weird. Because she comes out of character for... A, it seems like she comes out of character for a minute. And it's like, can you, can you reverse death, though? And you're wondering, is this supposed to be her line in the sitcom? Or is this her actually asking that? And then it, it, it's more credence to the fact that Agnes has seen Wanda's powers and is aware of them. At least in the context of the sitcom. Like, 
Huh. <laughs> That's the thing with this show. Every important piece of dialogue has, like, three different meanings um, based on which reality we're talking about. But, like, Wanda doesn't think she can bring the dog back, and, and she doesn't. She tells the kids that they have to just deal with that. And it's it's super, like, like you couldn't see the word irony painted on Wanda's head bright enough for her to tell her kids, like, death happens, and it's a part of life, and you just need to accept it. But then, like, to be... Yeah, you're also the same lady who brought your dead boyfriend back to life into this weird reality. Like, that's what makes me think that the kids are part of Agnes and that Agnes is, like, trying to use this sitcom reality to get Wanda to open up. Because in the sitcom reality, of course, like, Wanda's history is a lie, kind of. Like, they mention she's from Sokovia. She has a brother. Like, but that's it. They don't mention any of the Avengers stuff or her knowing superheroes. Um, which is why I think, like, these kids exist to get Wanda to, like, realize the truth. Because, like, they mentioned earlier, fucking, like, hey, how come Dad's not home? And don't lie to us about what day it is, because we know what day it is. And, you know, do you have a brother... And then this, like, we'll just bring the dog back to life. Can't you do that? And it's not like the kids sit there and they go, well, you brought bad, like, dad back to life. They don't say that. They just say, you can do that, right? You can bring our dog back. So, like, it makes me think that the kids know more. And, again, they could be part of something or they could just be their own thing. But that the kids know what Wanda's life actually is and they're trying to get her to open up and talk about that. Because, like, we also see in this episode that Wanda is not being, like, careful about her powers anymore. And she talks about possibly, like, not, like wanting to not hide her powers anymore, too. And I'm wondering if, like, that, when that starts, that's when the kids are in the room. So I'm wondering if, like, if the kids are just having that effect on Wanda where they're making her realize more parts of her past life. Because in her past life, she didn't have to hide her powers. I don't know. It's really, it's really interesting there. It's really kind of confusing. So after that, um, Vision buries the dog outside. We don't get that scene, but like that would be such a. Maybe we'll get another episode, but like, I don't know. The idea of Vision digging his hands in the dirt and then burying the dog—it's very Tom King Vision. But um, what is it? Wanda's in the kitchen, Vision comes inside, and Vision's bringing up, like, basically everything. Like, Agnes thinks that something's going on, a lot of these town people think that something's going on. I woke Norm up earlier and he was freaking out, like, what are you doing to our town? And Wanda's trying to ignore him, trying to brush it off. Um, there's a bit where Vision is like, Wanda, you can't control me anymore. You can't control me like you control everyone else. And Wanda goes, can't I? And then the laugh track goes, and then the credits start rolling, and Vision is still yelling at her. Like, the scene is still going on. He's still trying to have his conversation as the credits are rolling and the music's playing. Like, it is such a phenomenal, like, way to use the, the credit roll thing for the credits to be rolling and for him to be like, no, 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 we're not done. Don't walk out. We're having this conversation. Like, this isn't the end. 
you, you can't just shut me up like this. It's like Wanda's trying to use the sitcom reality to just avoid dealing with the vision, which I, which is like such an interesting use of that of that format. And then what's funny is, you know, they're in the kitchen, the credits are rolling and Vision's following Wanda outside the kitchen. And when they get into the living room, there's no credits anymore. Like the credits were just in the kitchen. Um, but the episode keeps going. Like it's, oh, it's so smart. I like that a lot. Um, but they're having this argument. I mentioned it before. Vision is basically like, I can't remember my life before Westview. Like, why aren't there any... And, and Wanda's like, you're, you're my husband and you're Billy and Tommy's father. Isn't that enough? And I think that's kind of interesting, too, because, like, that's always been a question... Not I have asked, but I think a lot of people have had on their mind is, like, when you become a father and you become a husband, is that it? Is that all you, you are then? Um, I think the correct answer is no. I think you can be a husband and a father and still be, you know, successful in one field or another, or you can, like, your life doesn't end there and you're not defined by that. I think it's part of who you are, but I don't think that's all you are. I think it's important because it's like when you when you are when you are satisfied just being a husband and father and not really having anything that is your own that isn't another person. I don't know. I don't know. That's we're getting more into my own opinions on like the world and, and identity and self. Um but obviously that's 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 what's bothering Vision. Like cuz he knows he's a fucking robot. So like Things aren't correct. He knows he's a robot and, like, other other fathers. And that's, that's the thing, too. He's like, there's no kids in this town, Wanda. Like, I'm the only father in Westview. So, like... He, he questions that. And then... He, and, and Wanda says something to the effect of, like, I don't even know when all of this started. And she also asked, do you really think like, I'm, I'm controlling everyone in this town? And, like, oh, it's it's such a good scene, because you, you want to believe both sides, you know? You want to believe, oh, yeah, Wanda is controlling this, and the Vision's a victim in all this. But then part of you wants to believe that Wanda isn't controlling things, and, and she's telling him the truth, and all he can do is, is speculate, because he doesn't know if he can trust her. Um, it's really good use of their relationship, I think. Like, for Vision to be questioning everything and the only corp culprit could be Wanda, because she's the only person in this town he knows who has powers. And, you know, it's not like this is the first time Wanda's been out of control. And I'm not just meaning, like, um, like Avengers Age of Ultron. I mean in Civil War, where Wanda used her powers to send Vision through the floor so that she and Hawkeye could escape. You know what I mean? So it's within Wanda's character to betray the Vision when it's, you know necessary and it's also within her character to do something evil if it benefits herself and she thinks it's the right thing to do um so they try to have this conversation they have this argument um their conversation's interrupted by the doorbell ringing and wanda is like i didn't do that i didn't make that doorbell ring so she goes up and she checks the door and this is like the big fucking thumbnail moment um <laughs> It's uh, Pietro, like you get the back shot of his hair, and you're like, oh shit, it's Quicksilver, he's back from the dead. Camera cuts around, 
and it's it's okay. It's not the MCU version of Pietro. It's Pietro Quick the Quicksilver from the X Men movies, from Days of Future Past up until uh, Dark Phoenix. I think that's what that movie's called, right? Dark Phoenix. Yeah, um, it's the X Men version of Quicksilver, the one that people like more. Um, and that's a whole can of worms that we're gonna get into. <laughs> but what I think is interesting is that like they cut to Darcy who's watching the show, and she's like. She recast like Darcy says, "Oh, she recast Pietro." So, like, that's that's interesting because it's like, okay, was Darcy watching that whole argument up to now, or did it cut from the kitchen to the doorbell ringing and Wanda answering the door? Like, how much of the argument between Vision and Wanda was in the actual episode? Because we know that whoever is doing the sitcom stuff can edit the broadcast and cut around stuff, and like. Make no mistake, it's not like, oh, it's it's just a cameo. They just got the actor that played the X-Men Quicksilver to do this. No, it's the X-Men version of Quicksilver, because... How did they explain this? If you listen to the audio version of this episode, like, basically, like, the, the spoken, like, event... Like, I forget how the... Yeah, I think it's just the audio version... The audio narrator will say, Wanda opens the door, revealing Quicksilver from the X-Men movies. I think it's basically how, how the narrator narrates it. Um, but, like, holy shit, right? Like, wh why is the X-Men version of Quicksilver here right now? Um, and obviously this has sparked many debates online. Um, obviously, okay. So here's the thing. Wanda, Scarlet Witch, she's going to be in the next Doctor Strange movie. Like, she's casted in that film. And that Doctor Strange movie is called The Multiverse of Madness. So, we kind of know that Wanda's going to come to, like... What's the word? She's going to come in contact with the multiverse. So, I think this is definitely a multiverse version of Quicksilver. I don't know if it's the version of him from the X-Men movies... Or something adjacent to that. But that's what we're going with now. I think this reality pulled Quicksilver here. And I think in a way... I don't think this is like Quicksilver from the X-Men movies being pulled into the MCU. I think it's Quicksilver from the X-Men movies being pulled into this sitcom reality. Like... It's almost like the sitcom reality is, like, its own multiverse, but a smaller one that's localized in this town and localized inside another reality. Um, it sounds stupid, but, like, I guess it's kind of like the quantum realm, where it's a reality that exists, like... Like, because the quantum realm in the anime movies exists, like, in microspace, but it's accessible, I guess, if you can access microspace. Um, it's not like... The multiverse, like, in the multiverse, in, like, a general tense, in, like, comic books and, and pop culture is, like, it's, like, the, the, the thing from Monsters, Inc., where every door is, is its own world, and I know that's not how it works in Monsters, Inc., that's just a metaphor I'm making, like, if our world, if, if the reality we were all in was, I don't know, a grain of sand, like, 
another grain of sand next to us is a reality similar to ours, but a little bit different. I think that's kind of the general idea with multiverse. So within the MCU, it's like, okay, there's a grain of sand that represents the MCU, and there's a grain of sand that represents the X-Men universe from, from Fox. And then this grain of sand over here is like the Sony movies, or the Sony Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire. But then there's also a grain of sand that's the Spider-Man Sony movies with Andrew Garfield, like stuff like that, right? I think in the case of the Quantum Realm, as well as this sitcom universe, I think, uh, what's it, Darcy calls it the Hex. Um, this Hex this hex universe, I think it's not necessarily a grain of sand. I think it's a grain of sand inside our grain of sand, if that isn't confusing enough. But um, I say that because a lot of people, and I hate this idea a lot, but it's, it's becoming more true as we go. A lot of people thought that the way they're going to bring X-Men into the MCU was with multiverse by just bringing over the X-Men from those other movies into the MCU. And I didn't really like that idea. I think it's a little messy and a little complicated. I think you can make mutants work at, like by themselves, but I guess I'm in the minority now because we're doing this Quicksilver thing. Um, but what was the point I was making? <laughs> Shit. Um, I think maybe they'll do that eventually, but I think for now... It literally is just, like, mutants aren't in the MCU because the Hex Dimension isn't the MCU. It's some new pocket reality that Wanda made or that someone else made. <sighs> I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that, you know, we get the Quicksilver from the X-Men movies. Wanda doesn't recognize him. But then when he says, like, it's me, your brother, she's like... She's into it, and she hugs him, you know? Um, and Vision looks basically depressed. <laughs> and then, I think the last line is Pietro looking at Vision and just going, who's the popsicle? Which, you know, makes sense because in the MCU, in Avengers Age of Ultron, when Quicksilver is created, sorry, when Vision's created, Quicksilver's in the room. So Vision knew that Quicksilver, and that Quicksilver knew Vision. But in this reality, Vision doesn't have his memories before Westview. And this Quicksilver isn't from the, M from the MCU, he's from the X-Men uh, films. And Vision wasn't in those X-Men films. So naturally, they're playing it as the Vision and Quicksilver don't know each other yet. Because one is an amnesiac, and the other is a different version of Quicksilver. But, um... It... What I was saying before about Wanda saying that she had a brother in the present tense, because again, like, I'm really happy that we're getting this Quicksilver stuff, because I was, I think they really did Quicksilver dirty in the MCU, but this is really satisfying, because when we first heard about Quicksilver, it was Monica Rambeau saying, your brother Pietro was killed by Ultron, right? And that pissed off um, Wanda, because, like, in remembering her brother... Like, because she had twins, right? Like, and you have to wonder, was that, like, what Wanda wanted? Because, was it, Wanda and Vision were planning on having one kid, but then they had twins. And you have to wonder if the twin thing was in control, it was within Wanda's, like, wishes? Because she seemed surprised that she had twins. And even more surprised, like, because she herself is a twin. So I'm wondering 
if the kids being born twins was something else that was out of Wanda's control, in, in the control of someone else. Because if she had one kid, it, it wouldn't mean as much. But the fact that she had twins, and she is a twin, it's ironic, but I think it's purposeful, and not on Wanda's part. Like, again, whoever else is involved in this made it so Wanda had twins, I think. Um, but she had these twins, and by having twins, it would have to remind her that she is a twin. And then she would start thinking about Quicksilver. And then she would remember that Quicksilver died because Ultron killed him. And then she would remember her history with the Avengers prior to Westview. So, I think like it's all sort of connected to that. Because after the Monica incident, you know, Monica brings up Quicksilver and how he's dead. So then Wanda has to remember her old life. And she's like, no, that's not, that's not my history anymore. My history is being a wife and mother in Westview. So get out of here, Monica. I have to fix things now. And so earlier in this episode, episode five, um, when the kids are asking her about her brother, she, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, I do have a brother. I, I do have a brother currently he's somewhere else and that's it like she doesn't bring up that he's dead because if she brings up that he's dead then the kids are going to ask oh how did quicksilver die or how did uncle pietro die and she'd have to be like oh a robot killed him and then you know the avengers and i oh and then she has to remember her old life so i think that the kids are specifically designed to try and bring wanda back to her old life like that might even be why Geraldine, Monica Rambeau, in episode 3, brought up Ultron and brought up Pietro. Because it was just Wanda and her with the two twins. And Monica wasn't really bringing up... Like, Monica wasn't breaking character until the kids were born. And Wanda was already talking about her brother. So I think the kids are just having that effect not only on Wanda, but on everyone. I think the kids are almost like a static field. Because, like, Agnes didn't break character until the kids were born, and she was near the... Because, like, again, she was outside the house, but still, the kids were born at that point. So I think the kids existing, or at least being there, have an effect that disrupts whatever the sitcom illusion is. So, you know, she... And, and like, that's how this whole Quicksilver thing happens, too, because she tells the kids, oh, I do have a brother... And then, like, at this point, Pietro is here, and he's alive. It's not her Pietro, which is why she doesn't recognize him, but he's here. Because earlier she said, I do have a brother. It's like, by her saying, oh, this is matter of fact, even if she's not telling the truth, this is matter of fact, the reality bends in a way that makes it a fact, that makes it real, because she said it was real. Like, it's almost like her powers are out of her control, which you kind of get that idea after she throws Geraldine after, like, out of her house. Like, she throws Geraldine through a wall and then reconstructs the wall and then looks at her hands, like, concerningly. Like, she's lo losing control or she's already lost, lost control. Um, again, maybe multiple personality disorder or something. But um, she says, I do have a brother, and then at the end of the episode, there he is. Which could also, I heard one theory that, like, it's actually the kids. Like, in, in, like, a future episode, we might see the kids upstairs hearing Wanda and Vision arguing, and they summon Quicks or they summon Pietro to help out and, like, end the argument. 
Um, I don't know if that's true. I don't think we'll ever see the kids by themselves without Wanda and Vision there. Because um, you don't get that at all. In the sitcom reality, there's no scene where Wanda and Vision aren't present for it. Um, which is, again, part of what makes it weird and creepy. <sighs> but, um, what was I saying? So yeah, Pietro's there. And again, I think it's just like this reality. It's like, oh, Wanda says she has a brother. Well, I'm going to go get her a brother. Her brother's not alive, so I guess I'll just use this other version of her brother. Right? And I'll, I'll wipe his brain so he... Because I'm wondering, if Vision woke up Pietro, would he be a blank slate? Or would he remember the events of the X-Men movies? Would he be like, oh, fucking... Where's Professor X? Where's Magneto? Where's Wolverine? Like, I, where, where are my family? Like, my team? Where do they go? What happened with Gene, basically, you know? Which, again, would be kind of fucking crazy if they did that. Um, oh. So, like, here's kind of my final theory, because it's gone on for a while now. Here's sort of my final theory. I think... You know, going forward, Pietro is, you know, the fun uncle character. He's the Uncle Jesse. Um, hey, whoa, he's wearing leather jackets. I guess that's more of a um, the teacher from Boy Meets World thing. Not Mr. Feeney, the cool one with the leather jacket. <laughs> um, I can't remember his name. But uh, I think, for one thing, I think when they get to... Okay, I, I keep trying to talk over myself it's weird i think that the twins are going to get to a point where they're like oh well i really like uncle pietro's powers so i'm going to copy his powers and then the other one's like well i like mom's powers more i'll copy hers and so they become wiccan and speed the two young avengers characters i think that's pretty obvious right i also think that with pietro being around this is going to help Wanda kind of rebuild her past. Because the thing that keeps getting in the way of Wanda's perfect sitcom life is that people don't know where she came from. And she can't talk about where she came from because it starts to shatter her reality. When, when WandaVision started, Wanda and Vision had no past. Like, in this sitcom. They were just husband, husband and wife with powers that moved into a town. But that started to make less sense the more time went on. And the more, like, because old TV shows didn't care about plot and, like, plot holes as much as more modern TV shows. Like, be, like in Bewitched, there's never, like, a government stooge that shows up to throw the witch in jail or whatever. Or in I Dream of Genie, there's never, like, a, a, a government, like, unit that comes in SWAT team style and takes the genie lamp or whatever, you know? But as the show gets more contemporary and more modern, the question of Vision and Scarlet Witch's powers becomes more evident, and people would be more aware of it as time went on, because those are more important issues than whatever's going on. It's like, back in the day, if you had witch powers, it was like, oh, what a quirky addition to the show. But as TV goes on, it's like, oh no, the witch powers are actually the most interesting thing about the show. Let's talk about that now. You know? So I feel like the way Wanda's going to get around this is, as the as this WandaVision sitcom goes on, it's going to build her a new backstory 
that makes it more convenient for her. Because we know she doesn't want to hide her powers anymore. And we also know that anytime her backstory is brought up, she'll either lie or not talk about it. So, with this version of Pietro being brought in, I think Juana is going to take Pietro's history and sort of make it her own. Because, of course, this version of Pietro... Because the MCU is like... Wanda and Pietro got their powers from the Mind Stone. That is locked in. That's continuity. But with the X-Men version of Pietro, he has his powers because he's a mutant and he was born with them. And that's it. It's it's way more simple. It doesn't involve the Avengers. It involves the X-Men, kind of. But it's a bit more of a simpler backstory. So, going forward, Wanda can be like... When people ask her, hey what's to do with your brother, she can be like, oh, yeah, we're both mutants. We were both born with our powers. And then, like, that will escalate to her, again, and maybe just in the context of Westview, but I think she's going to make mutants exist. I don't know about the, like, in the entire MCU, but I think in the context of Westview, the WandaVision sitcom, she's going to make it so that mutants exist and that mutants are a known thing so that, that way it's normal for her and her brother and her kids to all have superpowers. That way people won't question it. She won't have to bring up Ultron or Quicksilver or the Avengers or anything. It's just like, powers always existed, and people are okay with it, and that's why we have powers. So that's it. That way I don't have to talk about my past anymore. I don't have to make anyone choke on their breakfast or, or cut anyone's hand with glass. Like These things will stop happening as soon as I make a backstory that's like... Um, reasonable something that people won't question anymore um that might also lead because we we know there's still supposed to be like a big cameo in the show i don't think it, i think i don't think x-men quicksilver was the big cameo it wasn't their luke skywalker moment but i do think maybe they'll bring in uh what's his name uh, uh fassbender michael fassbender either him or ian mckellen i think they're gonna bring in a X-Men version of Magneto. And it could be... It'd be kind of fun if it was Ian McKellen. Um, but I'd be cool with Fassbender, too. I just think Ian McKellen would just... Just be a lot more fun. I don't know. I think he could do wacky sitcom dad better than Fassbender. That's my, that's my opinion. But, like... Plus, Ian... Like, plus, he looks older. He looks like he could be, he could be the father of these two adult people. I think they're going to bring in Ian McKellen to be, like, the goofy grandfather the aloof grandfather character, but, like, he is Magneto, and he's from the X-Men reality. And between him and, and Pietro, Wanda will be able to build herself a new backstory that makes her a mutant, not an experiment, not a Hydra, like, pawn, uh, not connected to the Avengers or Thanos or Death or Vision being dead. Like, the whole thing with WandaVision pulling in a multiverse version of Quicksilver... I think, is to contribute to Wanda avoiding reality. Like, that seems to be the whole show, is her re avoiding the reality of what happened and trying to build a new reality where she and Vision can be happy and be a family. But in order to continue that lie, as time catches up to where we are, like, as time catches up to where we are, she has to edit reality and edit her story so that by the time we're in the modern day... There are no questions about her past, her family, or her history with the Avengers. Like, I think it's her trying to make herself a clean slate. 
and the show might end with her coming out of the bubble with, like, a new power source, because, like, again, it might not just be her. It could be someone else controlling this reality, this, this sitcom thing. But I think it's possible the show could end with her gaining the power of whoever is helping her, coming out of that bubble, and saying, I want to be a mutant. And then mutants just exist in the MCU. Which could be better. I think that's better than a multiverse thing, if it's just, like, reality was altered so that there was always mutants. And you just never knew. I don't know. I think that could be better. But, like, who knows? You know, Pietro could be a fucking robot, and we could all just be way off. <laughs> um, but I'm interested to see where this goes. I've talked a lot about this episode. I'm really excited for the next one. Um, the next one should be in the 90s. And unlike a lot of these shows, I've watched Full House. So I'm prepared. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed me just kind of rambling about this. I hope I brought up some questions that'll make you come up with your own theories, and uh, we'll all sit tight for the next episode of WandaVision. As always, thank you for listening so much. You can follow me on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, um, I have a YouTube page, all that good stuff. I'll catch you guys next week. Goodbye.